Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good afternoon, listeners. This is the DOGS program, the Australian Council for the Defence of Government Schools. And we're here every week. Uh, We're here to defend and to promote public education. And the corollary of that, of course, is that we also promote the separation of religion from the state because we don't believe in state aid for private schools. We have an interesting program for you this afternoon. Robert will be talking to Lara and also with a gentleman from New South Wales about the religion in schools issue. But we have a press release which has gone up onto our website, press release 613, which you can read at your leisure at www.adogs.info. And this is it. Access Ministries, Christians and the Separation of Religion and the State. Access Ministries are concerned that the Andrews government has sidelined special religious instruction to an opt-in program held outside the hours of secular instruction in Victorian public schools. Listeners, our Victorian public schools are there to provide secular education to all children who wish to enrol in them. And therefore, we are very concerned about the Uh, of the secular instruction periods of the school day for the introduction of peculiar religious beliefs and the pushing of these beliefs at uh, children who are vulnerable. Now, the Andrews government is here fulfilling its obligation to keep separate matters of secular instruction, which are for the common good, and matters of belief, which are, in fact, matters for private conscience. It is still a matter of concern that hundreds of millions of the state's scarce resources are diverted into private religious schools themselves. As committed Christians, members of Access Ministries might take heart from the fact that the Andrews government is saving them from yielding to temptation. What temptation, you might ask? The temptation is that of playing God and seeking power over the minds of children while they themselves are worshipping the god of mammon in the form of taxpayer subsidies. However, it should be noted that many Access Ministry instructors are genuine, deeply committed Christian volunteers. And Dogs understands that many in the so-called Judeo-Christian tradition dream of producing a godly nation. But, as Christ himself understood only too well, human nature is just that, human. And followers of Christ have discovered to their grief that religious establishments and theocracies have a pharisaic, bloody and deeply oppressive history. Access Ministries might also take note of their Christian predecessors in both Australia and America, who fought for and enshrined the principle of separation of religion and the state in the constitution of both countries. So docs refer them to two very important documents in American history. The first one is Jefferson's letter to the Danbury Baptists in 1802. And the second one is James Madison's Memorial and Remonstrance which was written in 18, sorry, 1785. These key documents in the history of religion and the state are reproduced on our website. They are referred to again and again in American Supreme Court findings on the First Amendment in the American Constitution. But the American experience influenced Andrew Inglis Clark and Henry Bournes Higgins when they battled to insert Section 116 into the Australian Constitution. It was only Justice Lionel Murphy, who was himself a committed humanist, who understood the fundamental history in the battle for separation of religion and the state and the freedom of conscience and the related freedom of speech and assembly in the 1981 Dogs case, 
So I would like to read to you from, first of all, the Jefferson letter to the Danbury Baptists. The Danbury Baptists had written to Jefferson concerned that they were suffering from persecution from other Christian groups. And he responded this in this, this fashion. It's a very important statement. He said to the Danbury Baptists, Believing with you that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and his God, that he owes account to none other for his faith or his worship, that the legitimate powers of government reach actions only and not opinions. I contemplate with sovereign reverence that act of the whole American people which declared that their legislature should make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, thus building a wall of separation between church and state. Adhering to this expression of the supreme will of the nation in behalf of the rights of conscience, I shall see with sincere satisfaction the progress of those sentiments which tend to restore to man all his natural rights, convinced he has no natural right in opposition to his social duties. When Jefferson referred to the American people making no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, he was referring to the First Amendment of the American Constitution which was passed in 1791. Now, the other document is the uh, remonstrance, the memorial and remonstrance of James Madison. And I'd like to quote from this. I did quote something from it last week, but I think that this paragraph is also a very powerful one which regards the separation of religion and the state, not just to the benefit of those who have no religion and who want freedom from religion, and we'll be hearing from those people a bit later in this program, but those people who in fact want freedom of conscience and don't want other religious people telling them what they should believe. For example, our Christian brethren who are in Syria, who do not want to be forced to become Muslim so that they can go back to their homes in Mosul. It's the same kind of thing. And this is what Madison said. Because it is, it is proper to take alarm at the first experiment on our liberties, we hold this prudent jealousy to be the first duty of citizens and one of the noblest characteristics of the late revolution. The free men of America did not wait till usurped power had strengthened itself by exercise and entangled the question in precedence. They saw all the consequences in the principle and they avoided the consequences by denying the principle. We revere this lesson too much soon to forget it. Who does not see that the same authority which can establish Christianity in exclusion of all other religions may establish with the same ease any particular sect of Christians in exclusion of all other sects, that the same authority which can force a citizen to contribute three pence only of his property for the support of any one establishment may force him to conform to any other establishment in all cases, whatever. And the point, of course, that Madison is making is that any religious group, any religious group, whoever they may be, who believe that they have, quote, the truth, can turn into bullies and try and impose what they regard as the truth on others. And the only way around this is to separate religion from the state. Indeed. So now we'll turn to Robert and his interviewees. Thank you very much, Jean. You're listening to 3CR 855 on the AM dial. 
and, of course, podcast on, on the 3CR website and, indeed, our website, www.adogs.info, www.adogs.info. Very interesting um, and very poignant, certainly in the Australian context, because we'll be talking to two people who are, two, one from Victoria and one from New South Wales, who are fighting people who come and impose their views in state schools, impose their religious views in state schools. And when I say impose, I use that word advisedly. They use state schools as mission fields to impose their views on the children in those schools for the benefit of the religion to which they adhere. Um, We'll be listening to Lara Wood and Paul Foster after these messages. This is Courtney Barnett. Please support and subscribe to Community Radio 3CR. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM dial. Again this week, it's been a very busy week in education and policy issues. Um, again this week, we have Lara Wood in the 3CR studios here on the Defence of Government Schools Program um, to tell us what's been going on in the great state of Victoria. Welcome, Laura. Hello. Sorry, Laura, Lara. That's okay. I, I get that all the time. <laughs> oh, no, that's just my wife's name, so I can't get it wrong. Um, Lara, what's been going on? There's been some big changes since last we spoke on the program. Yeah, look, uh, on Friday, the Andrews government announced that special religious instruction is going to be removed from school hours, uh, the core curriculum time where the, the kids are learning. And they're going to only allow it to to happen before, after school or at lunch times. And we think this is absolutely fantastic because only, oh, I'd say less than 10% of students uh, across Victoria were doing this special religious instruction program and it was actually holding up the education of the rest of the students because... They weren't allowed to do any learning while this was going on and they were sitting in hallways and playing computer games or just twiddling their thumbs pretty well, much. Let's just go over that because it was um, apparent um, before this decision had taken place that there was a very significant drop-off drop in students participating in special religious instruction in state schools in Victoria to the point where about 80% of the kids... Um, were not participating in SRA, SRI and they were being put in corridors and backs of classes and not allowed to do any work while it was going on. So that's four in five, that's eight in ten students who are just twiddling their thumbs and wasting their time for half an hour a week. And you're saying that that's all finished, that's, that, that's well, it's about to be gone. Yes, from 2016 that won't happen anymore and we think it's fantastic and our supporters think it's fantastic. Parents are very concerned about this uh, loss of up to four days a year of school learning time because of SRI and this this will um, be implemented at the start of the next year. Hmm. So I would imagine that the providers of religious instruction in state schools are at the moment not very happy. Um, they got their money taken away from them a little while ago and now they're having their time taken away from them. Um, Can you just outline, because I'm sure you're very well aware, what the arguments, these providers of religious instruction in secular schools, what are the arguments they're using to say, oh, this this is not right, this is is against our human rights or whatever? Uh, One of the main arguments is that it's been around for a long time and and, um, I know Rob Ward has been around saying in the media that it's been, SRI's been in our public schools since day dot, since um, 1870. That's actually not true. It was not allowed in teaching time until 1950. So it was post-Second World War, really, wasn't it? Yes, during the Cold War. Um, we, we have a member of FIRUS that whose grandfather was a Labor education minister back in the 40s, and he has communicated to the family that... Um, the churches were knocking on the door, on, on his door, wanting to go into the schools and do their SRI. He repeatedly refused them. But then when a Liberal got in, um, they let let them come in. And so it's been happening since 1950. So um, 
look, when it was brought in, it was a very different world to what it was, what we're in today. Yes, of course. And uh, so that's one of their arguments. Another argument is that uh, about parental choice, that parents should have the right to choose if their child receives religious instruction during school hours, regardless if it holds everyone else up with their learning. But um, we say, no, parents shouldn't have a role in deciding how children are going to be divided up. It's not right. And in Australia, we everyone's treated equally. We, mm. we don't... Um, we don't segregate ch- children by you're Jewish, you're Christian, you're mm. Muslim. You're yeah, can, I, can I just, just put yeah. it up? Because I think this is something very important because it's not often you hear this in, in debates about education. You said parents should not have the right to divide up children in secular, spa- in, in, in secular spaces. I think it's a very powerful... I don't think anyone should. No. No, because I, I think it's interesting that you say it that way because I... I you have those sorts of arguments where you're taking away people's rights mm. and people get upset. Mm. But there's all sorts of rights. I mean, there's you know, the right to discriminate on the basis of someone's skin colour. No, there's not, actually. Mm. Uh, that's, that's actually yeah. against the law. That, that's not a right yeah. at all. Yeah, and that's how yeah. we see it as well. We don't think that parents should be asked to decide which group they want their children to go into and to, to um, help the government decide how these children are going to be divided up. We think it's very wrong. Mm. I was reading in some of the reports, in fact, Rob Ward was quoted as saying that this is against, um, this is a blow against equality. This is a blow against equality for children in school because children were being prevented from um, um, having the opportunity uh, to um, uh, have have God in their lives, I think, essentially. I, I'm paraphrasing him there. But he did mention that the, the equality of, of students was being taken away. What's your response to that? I would say it's it's the opposite's happening. And um, children uh, still have the right to be instructed in, in their family's faith. They can go to the lunchtime classes. They can do the... If it's offered before or after school. Or they can just simply go to the local church on the street corner, uh, mosque, synagogue. There's Sunday schools. And um, we th- we think that parents are absolutely spoilt for choice as to where they can send their kids for this um, RI. And there's just um, this is just scaremongering, and it's totally false. We we totally reject mm. that. Yeah, I, I I think you have good reason to to reject someone saying that what you're doing is against the equality of the students in a secular space like a state school. And now Ferris has been going for some time now, um, and I would actually just quite frankly congratulate you. Um, you've taken a very steady road, and everything you've done, um, and I've been following you quite closely, has been evidence based. Um, it's not something you go around, uh, you don't necessarily sort of wave your arms and talk about polemics. You say, well, in this situation, this has happened and it is wrong. And in this other situation, something very similar has happened and it's also wrong. Is there a pattern? Um, what's it been like being an activist, I mean, to defend your child and the children of the state from special religious instruction in state schools? What's it been like having an evidence-based com- campaign in what's often called the, the post-truth era? where people can go around saying, oh, you're against my human rights, you're against my equality, and, you know. What's, what's, what's that experience been like as an activist? Because I know you've been careful, and it must have been very frustrating at times. Yeah, look, personally, I've spent thousands of hours researching, gathering documentation, and presenting this to the government and posting it on our Facebook site. And, look, I always try not to just speak from my own opinion or what I think might happen. I I know what's going on in schools. I receive feedback from parents. I also have everything that I say can be backed up with documentation. I'm very careful. If I'm doubtful about something, I, I won't put it out there until I'm sure about it. I think that that is the way that we've been winning this because we can clearly document, we can clearly demonstrate what's going on in the schools and once uh, uh, honestly we we don't need to make anything up or embellish anything because it's all there in the evidence that we've uncovered and once we present this to the government it's very hard for them to deny what's going well they can't deny what's going on and it's very hard for them to ignore it once they're shown exactly what's mm. going on. So I think this has been a, a key to our success. 
that we just we're not we're not just saying oh this is going on here and there and we can actually show and demonstrate that it is happening. Hmm, indeed. I mean, it's been a very well, successful week for FIRAS, Fairness in Religion in Schools, but the decision that's been taken by the Education Minister in Victoria is actually quite a groundbreaking one, um, certainly in the Australian context, where um, the separation of religion from the state has been a vexed question now for many decades. Um, a state education minister's got up and said, no, we're not doing this anymore. We're going to do something else, and perhaps we'll talk about that later. But we're not going to have special religious instruction timetabled in children's classes in state schools in Victoria. Several years ago, I can't imagine an education minister having, quite frankly, the guts to say that. There's, there's this thing which is talked about, which is called the religious lobby. Um, it's the Australian Christian Lobby, it's Access Ministries, um, and they have been viewed to have a great deal of power within government. Even in the last election, uh, various churches played an active role in, in saying who should get what seat. Um, do you think the ground has shifted? Do you think there's been a fundamental shift in politics in Australia where the Christian lobbies um, are seen to have less power and people like yourselves, uh, I mean, I won't call you the sort of quiet, silent majority, but people like yourselves who take a very active stance to defend what do you think is right, do you think people like yourselves um, have more power than perhaps they would have done 10 years ago in this vexed question of religion mixing in a secular space? I think that people, people like us do have, are having more and more influence because people are... Just in our situation, we know how passionate parents are about their education and how now they really will not tolerate the situation where um, 10 or 20% of students are holding up the education of the other majority. And also I do think there's been a shift um, in government politics, particularly down in Victoria, where um, people are probably because of social media or, or People are just more aware of what's going on. They're letting their M local MPs know. Uh, the MPs know that they, they have to listen and take all this on board. And I think that um, government is waking up to the fact that these uh, the Australian Christian Lobby and the other churches um, are really just a noisy minority. They don't represent the broad um, Christian community or the community at large. And... They, they are starting to understand that they can push back against this and they can have the courage to implement their policies without mm. um, there being too much political damage done. Um, there'll be a lot of noise about this um, announcement about SRI, but it, it's not substantial and it, and it won't um, do the government any damage. In fact... We know that there's been overwhelming public support for James Molino's announcement last Friday. And so it's really just the people with the vested interests that are up in arms about this. Hmm. I mean, it's a contested space still. I'm sure the people who are supporters of special religious instruction will, um, will try and fight this decision in some way. But the politicians themselves, or Molino in particular, doesn't seem to be listening um, to the Christian lobby when it comes to this. Obviously, he's made this decision. Um, what about other politicians? Is, has, has there been sort of, sort of, I mean, there's two sides of policy. There's a Liberal government and Greens and all sorts of people. What's been their reaction to this decision? Are it, they trying to make political capital from it? Well, just in, in terms of the Greens, they made an announcement saying they welcome the decision. However, they don't feel it goes far enough. They, they're um, worried about the lunchtime and the before and after... Um, sessions that can be available. So they feel that James Molino should have removed it altogether from schools mm. to make our schools truly secular. Um, and, of course, look, in my opinion, secular doesn't mean the total removal or banning of religion from the public sphere or public schools. And, and that's not going to happen. They're going to teach general religious education so that mm. children get a well-rounded education about all the major faiths and traditions. And I think that's the way it should be. Um, and then the religions are free to practice their their faith in their churches and places of worship. Mm. Um, and with the liberals, their reaction has been to, been to condemn this decision okay. and call on the government to reverse it. Yes. And uh, because they're saying that uh, parents weren't consulted, but 
you know, that's totally false because parents were extensively consulted um, through the MD141 last year when they were... Um, every single parent was asked again whether they wanted to opt their child into the program. They were given lots of information about it. And um, schools were also given the autonomy whether or not they wanted to offer it. So principals were given the chance to continue it or not. Many principals dumped it overnight. Some have continued to dump it as time goes by. And parents have um, well and truly voted with their feet on this. Mm. Now, um, Access is saying there's roughly 30,000 students that are going to be impacted. But, look, I've seen a letter by Access Ministries sent to their supporters to raise funds in July where they're quoting only 23,000 students are doing mm. SRI. So I'm just wondering, what are the true figures? How low are, are the figures? And, and if we're talking about 23,000 students across Victoria, we're talking about 5% of students in, in Victoria doing SRI. So I think if uh, liberal politicians are talking about consultation, I think you're right. (laughs) I think you're right, Lara. The consultation has been done. I think parents have well and truly sent a strong message to the government that they don't want this for their Mm. kids and they don't want it to hold up the education of their kids. And so what next steps now for fairness in religion in schools in Victoria? Um, This is a big win. I don't think it can be argued as anything else. Um, And so a battle has been fought and in large part been won by you and all the people at Ferris. Congratulations. But what now? Um, Is is there still religion in state schools in in Victoria in in other forms? Is, Is this of interest to you? Or is it going to be something where you're just going to have to keep a very close eye because the behaviour of religious instruction providers has been um, less than uh, less than transparent in the past. Yeah, look, obviously, Ferris isn't going to just pack up and go home. There's still work to do, uh, particularly with keeping a close eye on the lunchtime groups. We know that they will try and get around the rules and um, they will try and proselytise and we're, we're particularly concerned that they might use treats to try and entice the children into the lunchtime groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, look, we've got thousands of parents around Victoria that send us regular feedback about what's going on in the schools. We'll be heavily relying on those supporters in the future to alert us to anything, and we will make sure that the providers follow the rules once we know what the rules are, of course. Yes. And, um... Also, as you know, there are chaplains in the schools and I've got extensive documentation of how they get around the, the rule of no proselytising by bringing in outside religious groups mm. to do the proselytising for them. I've got, I've got a lot of um, documentation which I haven't gotten around to sharing publicly or sharing with any governments because I've been, been full... Um, focused on a very particular issue very successfully. Yes. But, but there's a lot of evidence to show how um, the, the chaplains do um, use their positions in the schools to open the schools up as mission fields to the local churches. Um, so there's there's that. But we've also recently expanded into New South Wales and mm. New South Wales are now pretty much oh, five or maybe even ten, ten years behind the Victorian journey, and they have a government that very strongly supports SRE, which is what they call it up there. Oh, they call it education. Yeah, they they call it special religious education, which in itself is very misleading to parents. Mm. Um, Parents up there are still treated like mushrooms. They're still given no information. They they tick a yes or no box to opt into this uh, program. In fact... um, in most schools, it's still opt-out. A lot of schools just, um, if, if the um, parent doesn't uh, give consent, they, they're just, the kids are just automatically put into SRE. Yes. So there's lots of work to do up there, um, mainly with raising parent awareness, um, getting the word out, and uh, that's where um, our billboard comes in and our uh, getting our stories out into the media up there, which which is happening right now. Oh, thank you very much, Lara. We'll hear more about this interesting billboard up in New South Wales, and I think it's best if we hear it from 
from, um, I won't call him the horse, um, first-hand from someone in, in New South Wales. Um, and that will be uh, Paul Foster, who will be on the radio, just after these messages. Hey, what you got for me? Friday is a great day for music programs here on 3CR. Catch up on all the latest news in Indigenous music and theatre on Black and Deadly with Jodie Beaton on Friday morning between 11 and 12. Jane, Renee and Dr Gonzo present diverse new sounds and special live in-studio performances, interviews and gig guides on Music Matters from midday till 2 o'clock. Burning Vinyl is 3CR's seminal rock program of Melbourne, Aussie and international rock presented by Matt Gleeson from 2 till 4. And for the best of heavy metal and rock, check out the Heavy Sessions every Friday night from 11 till 1 o'clock. Fabulous Friday music programming here on Community Radio 3CR. 8.55am, digital, streaming and on demand. Interesting messages there. You're listening to 3CR, 855 on the AM dial, and of course this is the Dogs Program. Now I've been promising you that interesting things are happening in New South Wales, and today we have a guest on our station, Paul Foster. Hello, Paul. Good afternoon. Now you're, are you? I'm very good. You're, you're a member of Ferris, Fairness in Religion in Schools, up in NSW, New South Wales. Um, yes, I am, yes. Look, uh, tell us, um, how long has it been going? Why are you involved? What are the problems? What's going to happen? And are you going to succeed like they have down here? <laughs> absolutely are going to succeed. Uh, we've made some great gains already. Ferris was established in 2011 in Victoria and we've only recently branched out into New South Wales and uh, the launch of our recent billboard in Liverpool in Sydney a couple of weeks ago could be considered to be our grand opening into the state, yes. uh, our birthing if you will. Um, and since then we've been very, very busy. We were busy leading up to the billboard, but the exposure that we gained through it for our cause uh, has led to a lot of activity in the organisation. Okay, now, um, here in Victoria, as, as Lara, I'm sure, can tell you, um, there's lots of people in Ferris have been accused of being radical atheists and, and terrible people and wanting to, wanting to, I don't know, devils this and all that sort of stuff. Who are you? Are, are, are you one of these terrible people? Or, or, or why, why are you involved in this process? No, I'm not one of those terrible people. Uh, and actually, my moral and ethical framework is very similar to the people whose ideologies we at times appear to oppose. I'm merely a concerned parent. My child was negatively impacted by SRE in a government school. What, what happened? I mean, if you're, if you're willing to tell us. Well, uh, when we enrolled her in kindergarten, we ticked that uh, we and she were of no religion and that we wanted to opt her out of scripture classes. But at the time primary ethics was not an alternative so there was no real um, worthwhile alternative to scripture and I guess on that basis the school just decided they should send her to SRE and scripture classes anyway and we didn't find out for some six months. When we did find out what? we were not impressed at all what? We, I mean uh, it just happened and you weren't told. <laughs> we weren't told and it's not an uncommon occurrence. The way that the uh, the regulatory framework is working in New South Wales means that policies and procedures around SRE provision can be open to interpretation by principals. And this is a significant concern for fears and many parents in the state. Uh, so that's right. The school, so they, they just saw fit to send my daughter to Scripture. We found out six months later. We communicated with the school that we weren't happy and we wanted her removed from Scripture. So they moved her five metres to the back of the classroom where she coloured in and continued to be exposed to the lesson content. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Yeah, I can, I can see why you've sort of... You're thinking about what can I do and, and now you're doing something about this. I mean, I mean, I mean, I know it's difficult to say, but many Australians would go, well, who cares? Who cares? I mean, who cares if, you, if, if your child gets a bit, a bit of God by accident? Why is this important? my relationship with my daughter to start with uh, my daughter uh, appreciates that I am not a person of faith um, 
but through the messages she received at school, she became converted to Christianity. Uh, we found out that she believes in God now and Jesus and the stories of the Bible. Um, but she decides to keep the secret from Daddy because she doesn't want to upset me. Um, so she now keeps secrets from me about her personal belief that were taught to her in a public school. Oh, no. I mean, now I can see why this is all rather clear. So, Paul, tell us what's going on there. I mean, it's not just you, is it, up there? No, not at all. Um, we have many contributors to the campaign up here. Uh, we have people... Uh, supporting us and also approaching us for advocacy as well uh, and so we're often very busy letter writers so we do most of our work uh, off the compu computer as many people do these days mm. uh, so we're corresponding with the department of education on a fairly regular basis uh, attempting to to get them to uh, adhere to their own guidelines that's one of the main problems we see ourselves as, uh, one, an advocacy service for parents, uh, and parents approach us with their concerns, problems and queries, and we try to address them on an individual basis. But then we also uncover um, poor compliance by schools with the department's own policies and procedures. So we approach the department, we alert them to what's going on, uh, and we see if we can have these issues corrected. And sometimes we even offer suggestions. Now, the big problem there is that the, the process by which the Department of Education in New South Wales manages the risk inherent in having controversial groups, such as religious groups, come into schools, access children through way of volunteers with very little scrutiny. The way in which the department manages that risk is through a reactive complaints process. So they don't do anything. They're happy to maintain the status quo until such time as someone approaches them and points out that something is wrong and something is going on. So we repeatedly do that. Every time we find that there are schools that are not adhering to the department's own guidelines, we point it out to the department. And more recently, we've uh, offered some suggestions in which way they could be proactive rather than reactive. We seem to keep approaching them with the same complaint over and over again from a variety of schools, which indicate that these issues are systemic. So partly the problem is that there's ignorance amongst principals in New South Wales schools about how they should implement the policies, um, and they're, they're just not aware. Oh, I wouldn't be a principal for all money these days. I mean, no. imagine all the things you have to be responsible for. Now, I was talking to Lara last week, and it was revealed to me, because I've worked in the education field for many years myself, whenever someone comes into the school, and they're a guest of the school, um, you, you have teachers present, because teachers are in loco parenti, they're trained, and the parents expect that their children are being supervised appropriately. And so whenever someone you know, comes to give a talk in a school, there's always a teacher present, because they're the, the responsible person in the room. Many volunteers, you know, it doesn't really matter what it is, aren't qualified teachers. You know, some of them might have working with children checks, some of them might not. But if a teacher's there, that doesn't matter. In Victoria, with the special religious instruction that we did have, and I think it's very soon going to be something of the past, um, volunteers were coming to school and the, and the teacher wouldn't be there. The kids would be sort of unsupervised and the person could say anything that they wanted to, really. Um, what's the situation in New South Wales? Are teachers present in the room when this special religious education, I use that word with inverted commas, um, takes place in New South Wales schools? It's very much the same story in New South Wales as it has been in Victoria. Principals are responsible for the conduct of volunteers in their school, but principals have limited resources, so volunteers are not required to be supervised, and oh. often they are not. Oh, oh, that's, I don't want my child um, in, in, in a room with someone that, that, that's, that, that's not properly qualified as part of going to a secular school, like a state school. Is, um, and what's, what's the education department's view on this? I mean, this is just sort of wrong, isn't it? We've pointed this out to the education department. We're concerned about the department's poor risk management on this, uh, and we've asked them to provide more leadership and guidance to principals they simply keep referring the responsibility of the management of volunteers and the scrutiny of them back to principals. 
who lack the resources to do this. And principals in New South Wales have got an increasing workload burden of accountabilities that they're required to, to answer to. Uh, and this is just another one that the department is lumping on them and washing its hands off. Oh, look, poor principals. <laughs> if they're going to, I, 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 oh, absolutely, I would do. I would, I would definitely empathise. Now, uh, Ferris in Victoria has, as we were mentioning just before you came on here, has taken a very measured, evidence-based approach to activism. You find out what's going on, you tell the people what's going on, and then you say, this isn't right, what are you going to do? And, of course, they've done this since 2011. It's been successful. Does Ferris in New South Wales plan on taking a similar approach? Yes, yes, please, please continue now. Fierce in New South Wales does act on evidence when we do find it. Uh, however, we don't want to be as reactive as the government is. So we are always looking for ways in which the system can be improved and ways in which we can inform uh, policy uh, and government direction so that we can make the system better without having to continually react to incidences of things going wrong. The risk of things going wrong is foreseeable. So we'd like to think that uh, we can help the department, this government department of ours, uh, improve their risk management strategy. So yes, largely it is evidence-based. There is plenty of evidence and we are so busy. It's hard to keep up <laughs> with the, the torrent of uh, of issues and incidents that we see on a daily basis. Oh, Lara's sitting here nodding in the studio. She yeah, really in, is. In the media, people coming to us with complaints. But uh, when we have the opportunity, we like to stop, take a breath and think ahead and look at the overall issue, the systemic problems. Um, and we make... We, we will, and part of our membership, make submissions to curriculum reviews, etc., etc., in an attempt to to prevent these these issues happening in the future. Yes. Now, you mentioned earlier on about a, a billboard, um, which has caused a bit of a stir up there in New South Wales, and in fact nationally. Can you um, tell us how this billboard came about and what it said that got people so excited? Well, the billboard was funded by concerned parents. Uh, we sought donations from the parents that wanted to raise this issue and have something done about it. Uh, we accumulated enough funds uh, and we found an appropriate location for the billboard to be, to be uh, exposed or be publicised. Uh, and we launched the billboard two weeks ago. Dr John Kay, MLC, the Greens Education Spokesman, was our guest of honour, mm. and he opened the billboard. And there was a lot of interest from the, the media about that. Uh, we featured on... Uh, on this six o'clock news, uh, we we featured on live national television, uh, talking about the billboard. Uh, so there were people around the nation watching that live, uh, many many thousands of people. And then when that was streamed or podcast onto the station's website, it's received at least seventy five thousand views so far. So we've received a lot of exposure for the message that was on the billboard, which sought to raise awareness for parents about what's actually being taught in scripture classes. There's a misunderstanding about the nature of scripture classes in New South Wales. Mm. Uh, parents are led to believe that uh, the messages are purely benign and benevolent and they teach messages of faith and goodwill and attempt to extol uh, virtuous behaviour in, in children, but the purpose of those scripture groups being in the school is to bolster the numbers of their personal religion. Uh, so there's a recruitment that occurs, and indeed I've seen that in my own family. Yes, indeed. Now this misunderstanding, and I, you know, I think you're being very polite in saying calling it a misunderstanding, where does it come from? Why do the public of Australia sort of think these things when, in fact, that's not the case? Where do they, where do they get the information from? Well, this is the, the contradiction um, that we have, that groups that come into public schools, by their nature, are evangelistic. 
So they want to save people from eternal damnation. That's their role. Their role is to save as many people as possible, and the only way they see to do that is to convert them to Christianity. However, the Department of Education's controversial issues in schools policy says that schools are neutral grounds for rational discourse and objective study. They are not arenas for opposing political views or ideology. Schools are not places for recruiting into partisan groups. So while the Department of Education, through its policies and procedures, says that recruiting of children or um, people not coming into schools and, uh, and not maintaining objectivity, is that's not allowed. But evangelical groups are the exact opposite of that in their nature. So there's a conflict there. There is indeed. What exactly did this billboard say that got everyone so excited? Because I was, I was watching the news and someone accused Ferris of wanting to get rid of all God from everywhere and stuff. I mean, what, what did it actually say that got people so excited? SRE supporters did confuse the issue of the billboard by attempting to oversimplify it. Now, the billboard said across the top, did you sign your child up for this? Then the main text of the billboard features a direct quote from a book that's uh, an authorised SRE student manual, mm. and it said, God says you are stuck in your sin and need to be rescued from his judgment. Scripture in schools, opt out now. Right. Um, I can't detect any uh, misrepresentations in any of that. No, uh, and the... The standpoint of Fierce on this issue is that Fierce does not want to see religion out of schools. Religion is an important part of our society. What Fierce seeks to do is see churches removed from schools. Oh, I see. Oh, a big I, I, think that's a, I think that's a very important distinction. Mm. Um, what do you mean by that distinction? I, th I think it's worth just reinforcing for our listeners exactly what you mean by that. So you don't want religion... Mm out of schools. You just want churches out. Um, is, this, is this all churches? Is this, uh, I mean, um, does Ferris care about what, what brand of church it is? No, I, we don't care at all. It, it is dangerous to have volunteers with an agenda that runs contrary to the standpoint of the Department of Education in New South Wales coming into schools. There's no place for unsupervised volunteers with an agenda to come into schools and take advantage of their privileged position to access children. So it is dangerous for any faith-based group to come into schools. And indeed, even yesterday, we saw the Department of Education exclude the showing of a movie in school grounds uh, on the basis that that they were concerned that it wasn't in line with their policies and procedures on controversial issues. So we feel that it is dangerous for any religious groups to come into schools, but the government seems to be picking and choosing who they will and won't allow to deliver messages to children. Mm. Um, just a point of clarification. Uh, thank you very much, Paul. This has been deeply informative for our listeners. Um, who are these volunteers? I mean, they're coming in from churches of one form or another, and there was a big question in Victoria about their training and, and, and their motivations. I mean, I mean, I know it's important not to generalise, but um, are there common features of these volunteers coming in doing this special religious education? Who are these people? Are they qualified to stand in front of kids? Are they, uh, are they, are they trained at all? Who would know? However, we do know that their training is not intensive. I don't know what background they have behind their SRE hmm. training. They may have a PhD in, in the field. Uh, there is no uh, lowest common denominator. There's no minimum standard. The training that they do receive uh, is not extensive. We know it's, it's not a long training course. Um, but who really knows the background of the people that are coming in? They have to satisfy um, the various checks and balances of, of working with children, etc. But there, would be, there is scant training for them. Um, but other than that, we don't know much about them or who they are, and parents don't know either. And that is why that schools are required to make available to parents information 
about the SRE providers in their schools so parents can look for themselves mainly online to find out uh, what what groups are representing what types of messages some of these religious groups although they won't say they're presenting this um, to kids in scripture they believe all sorts of fantastic things and if you look at their church websites and their statements of faith it can be alarming so parents are required to have access to that so they can see what sort of people are getting access to their kids and that's an area that we find that schools are falling down so as a watchdog fierce monitors compliance in this area where schools are required to provide teachers with information on uh, the organization of sre who will be providing it where they're from so that parents can inform themselves but we're finding that schools aren't even doing that. They're supposed to put information on websites and in newsletters on a regular basis so parents can be informed and offer informed consent because there's no other way of knowing what types of people are coming into schools to access the kids. All we know is that their training is minimal. Transparency and accountability seem to be all you're really asking for. Um, You're listening to Paul Foster, who's been um, talking to us about the Ferris Campaign in New South Wales, which has kicked off with a bang a couple of weeks ago. Um, How many people are involved? Has it been growing since your billboard? There's a groundswell of interest, an absolute Mm. groundswell. As concerned parents, no one's being paid. And uh, we don't keep a register of all of our members in New South Wales. Um, I know that Ferris has a website which... uh, uh, is run by people in Victoria and people can register their interests down there but I don't have access to that list of people. Oh no, I'm, I'm, no, no names, no pack drill. I just want to know if the whole thing's actually starting to get a bit of groundswell and you're telling me it is. Um, if people are listening to this show on New South Wales because it is podcast up there um, and they're listening to what you're saying and they'd like to contact uh, the organisation, how would that be possible? Well, I would suggest uh, that they look up our website uh, which is religionsinschool.com. They could simply Google Fearus. That would help them find us. Yeah, or if they're on Facebook, if they search for Fairness in Religions in School, they will find our Facebook page too. No worries. Well, it's been wonderful to have a chat, Paul. Um, and we'll have to get you back on as things progress up there because uh, it seems as though... Uh, I, I hate to do that interstate thing, but Victoria's a bit ahead in this particular area. But I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing stories about how New South Wales is catching up, certainly with the transparency and accountability aspects of, of, of what you're talking about, because I think they're key, aren't they? Thank you very much. It's been delightful to talk to you. Okay.